0: Hi, this is Patti Lapone. This is Allison Janney.
1: This is
2: Matt Balmer.
3: This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis.
2: This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson.
3: This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia
2: Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine.
3: A-OK.
0: Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love, as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night and then for a discount price you can get off your couch put down that clicker and experience the magic that is live performance well there is a place goldstar.com you just go to that website you type in your city and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices theater dance comedy film food concerts sports No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with GoldStar.com. GoldStar is in 26 cities around the country, with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to GoldStar.com, get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them
3: Alana sent you. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost with 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's a lot of friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day,
0: every little thing's gonna be a-okay. little-known fact about my guest today. They are two extraordinary singer-songwriters who also happen to be the children of two of the most famous singer-songwriters ever to walk the planet. Welcome Corey Withers and Chris Stills to the podcast. A-O-K-A Hey, everyone. My guests today are Chris Stills and Corey Withers. They are in town for the New York premiere of their film, Born into the Gig, a documentary that tracks the children of rock stars James Taylor, Carly Simon, Bill Withers, Stephen Stills, Veronique Sasson, and Bob Marley, as they become singer-songwriters in the shadow of their legendary parents. The path for these young artists is tricky, filled with family tension, humor, and courage as they strive to create their own music. The kids in the film are Ben Taylor, Sally Taylor, Skip Marley, Chris Dills, and the magnificent Corey Withers, and I have the honor of having Chris and Corey in the studio with me today. Um, maybe it's a, it's a misread. Born into the Gig is not your film as much as it is a film that you guys agreed to participate in, which really looks at the legacy that you were born into and the extraordinary music that you are making on your own terms. And right before we began. Chris Stills' manager, Larry, popped in the booth to say Chris was running late because of some subway issues, so uh, I wanted you to know that his name was Larry because when Chris arrives uh, in a few minutes, um, he tells a story which includes the name Larry, referencing his manager, so I wanted to make sure before I began this interview with Corey and Chris that you know why Chris is mentioning the name Larry later in the story. Anyway, hi, Corey. Welcome. Hello. I told Corey before we started recording that I have had her beautiful rendition of Ain't No Sunshine that she has made completely her own in my AirPods uh, for days now. And just listening to your music and your gorgeous voice has been a gift in my life. So, thank you. You're so sweet. It's so true. And we also talked about how your dad was honored uh, one year at Say, this organization that supports kids who stutter in all sorts of ways, but mostly creating a safe place for them to just be themselves and take all the time they need. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's so funny, but in watching – a doc about your dad, which I found because I was just looking for all the content I could find with your beautiful face in it. I was thinking about how he repeats the phrase, I know, I know, I know in ain't no sunshine. And having seen that on the heels of like reading about him as a child stutterer, mm. I just made this connection all of a sudden that may be completely like made up in my head or just kind of this magical connection I'm hoping for. Of him, you know, when you stutter, sometimes stutters come in all shapes and sizes and original ways of presenting themselves, but sometimes it's about getting stuck on a phrase and your brain getting stuck on a phrase. And it was really fascinating to kind of make that connection to that particular part of that song.
4: Oh, wow. Thank you for that. That's so beautiful. I had never thought of it that way. Um, You know, and it's interesting... Because the story he tells is that they were in the studio, and he said to Booker T. Jones, you know, I'll write some words for this part, but, you know, this is just basically playing the chords and just repeated it to fill time. Right. And they tracked it, and Booker was like, we're not touching that. And he thought, really? Because writing words is his main passion. And so he thought, no, I'm going to write something really... And Booker was like, Nope, I got it, you know, and being new, he let it go and said, all right, if you, you
0: know, if you feel that, like yeah. you're the, you're the professional.
4: Yeah. And then when I recorded it, I have such an affection for it that, you know, when Scott Jacoby, the producer and I were in the studio, I thought, well, can we do this section twice? Mm-hmm. You know? So there's actually, it's repeated twice. There's two, you know, B sections and my version of it just because I love it so much and wanted to do it again.
0: Um, so, so, so your father has so many incredibly famous songs, Lean On Me, like they're anthems. They're sort of anthems and the soundtrack to so many experiences in our lives, not just because they became part of movies, actually, but just our own movies in our minds. And there's um, uh, Lovely Day also, which, which um, when someone made a, a List kind of a playlist when I had my first baby. Um, that was the first song on the playlist, and it's so connected now to my daughter Georgia. How did you decide when you were going to kind of take on your dad's song, which is a whole other conversation, right? You're Corey Withers. You're making your own music. You have your own voice. Yet there's this iconic song of his that you also have now put your stamp on. How did you decide on that versus Lean On Me or or Lovely Day or any of the million other songs he's known for?
4: It really was one of those cool, you know, accidents that someone else prompted, which I always love. I think it's the best thing when things aren't so conscious. But I was already in the studio recording my own album and of all original songs, um, which Dad has always encouraged. Just on the publishing level, he's always wanted me to have my own catalog. Mm -hmm. So he likes for me to sing his material, but also has always encouraged me as a writer. So I was in there, you know, doing my thing, and then someone who worked at Rhodes was... Is that the
0: record label? The um, the keyboard... Or the studio?
4: The keyboard company.
0: Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. They were um, doing a feature for a book on these keyboards, and they wanted to know if I was interested in covering one of Dad's songs. And... um, I listened to a couple samples that they had of other people doing it. And the only one that I remember was Alexa Ray Joel doing a version of one of her dad's songs. Yeah. And some something about her just it was exquisite, I thought, and I and I said, Oh, well, maybe I could play, you know, Sunshine on the keys instead of on the guitar. Yeah. And then I just, you know, like a zombie went over to the keyboard and started. <laughs> yes. It just was like fun, you know, yeah. it Just never would have occurred to me. And, um, and I just had a ball doing it and I thought, oh, well, I, I'll i have to reharmonize it and just kind of made it my own and then had a session scheduled for the next day. And I took it into Scott and I said, hey, do you want to hear this? Or yeah. What do you think? And of course he was like, we have to do it.
0: He's your producer. Yeah. I want to talk about, we were talking a little bit about Sort of how in every other family business, parents are hurt when their child doesn't want to take over. Like, what do you mean you don't want to take over the law firm, the accounting firm, the paper making company, whatever it is? And yet for artists, parents have this, especially when you're super globally famous in the way that most of the musicians or all the musicians are. Bob Marley is no longer with us, but the other performers who are still very much alive that you are the children of Um, You can sort of see that there is a varying degree of excitement about the idea of their children performing. Carly seems really excited to play with her kids. Um, There's also various ways parenting is depicted. Mm. Excuse me. So Chris Stills and Veronique seem like we're going to continue to perform and we're going to put Chris in our pocket and he's going to come with us. That's how we're going to do it. Um, It felt to me in watching your story that once your dad had kids, um, he really slowed down the performing to be with you. So, so many kids feel like they had to compete with the fans for the attention of their dads. And it felt like in the way the story is at least presented in this documentary, um, that he was really happy to be with you guys.
4: Yeah. He wanted to be home. Um, He was 41 when I was born. And my dad is, you know, a blue-collar artist. So...
0: What does that mean to you when you say that?
4: um, It means that all the sort of details of building a home, um, fixing things, making things... um, he was just very hands-on in our childhoods. You know, he would take the, the little license plates that you put on a bicycle and, you know, ter- change the lorries to Cory's. And he taught us to ride bikes and just was very into us being there and being kids. And it's just like a loving, warm funny, charismatic um, father. and
0: So unlike, I don't know, unlike Ben and Kate Taylor, whose parents really were continuously performing um, all over the world and were still, I don't know, and living on Martha's Vineyard where everyone knew who their family was, when were you aware that your dad was not just your dad, Bill Withers, but the world's Bill Withers. When did that connection happen for you?
4: Well, I think one thing that is different from, you know, some of the other parents who continued in their careers um, and still do is that my dad had sort of retired before we were even born.
0: Why, Why did he retire so young, do you think?
4: I think he was taking a break and just the break turned into being our dad Mm -hmm. and so I don't know that it was us that made him say I'm gonna stay home he was home and then we came along um and I I often wondered as a kid I wonder what would have been different if he had just been out there all the time and I would have seen him go and come back or seen him be on stage more right? That kind of thing but he always had a studio at the house so my memories are of him making music and hearing music come out of the studio and he had musicians over, His he still wears you know some kind of music merch every day, he's always got on a BB King t-shirt, uh-huh. or Taj Mahal or something like that, he's he has a fraternal a fraternity kind of kinship with other musicians he was in the navy you know so he has a a lot of pride about it and does he have a
0: kinship with naval friends as well so just different communities that have remained vital in his life
4: yeah and
0: And, part of your life in that way
4: yeah absolutely and so all these i have all these uncles like you know gerald albright and ralph mcdonald people who he made music with that Mm -hmm. remember me as being four years old Right. So I think it was just luck or chance that it worked out that way. But, um, and then I forget the, uh, the other part of your question.
0: No, just this idea of, of kind of when your awareness of your dad's kind of global impact as a performing artist and as a maker of music. Um, you know when we talked earlier I I listed 3 songs out of hundreds that your dad you know wrote wrote and performed and and um you know I wonder the way if your last name is Kennedy and you land in New York you're at the John F Kennedy Airport right, right. or you go over the Robert Kennedy Bridge like for you There will always be a restaurant, an elevator, a room that you walk into, a party, just as you with with no people having no knowledge of who you are. And you could be going to the dentist and everyone is listening to lean on me and that's your dad. So I guess, is there any way to speak to people? But I don't have that kind of experience in my life.
4: I mean, the word that comes to mind when you say that is that it's It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it really is. Um, In terms of when I was aware of it, I think there's sort of other people in terms of going to school and the kids at school saying, you know, they would say, your dad's the lean on me guy. Or sometimes they'd say, your dad's the stand by me guy. Mm -hmm. And then I would be irritated. Right. (laughs) um, And then the movie came out in the 80s. And so it was sort of, that but uh, but it was also i think the discomfort there was less about him being known than it was that they just knew a few songs and didn't really know the albums like i did and right didn't really know the depths of him as a musician and it just felt like this sort of superficial right like, not the artist yeah. the
0: true artist
4: yeah and that came later when I became a musician and came across other musicians and then they would say, Oh, that one is my song, you know, hello, like before city of the angels. And I'm like, now we're talking, you're really listening. Um, but then my mother is extraordinary and, and, an incredible music lover. So growing up in LA, my childhood was, you know, largely spent in the car with her and my brother listening to the radio She always had music playing,
0: Mm -hmm. and
4: having two little kids, some of that is just keeping everybody happy. Right. Some of it is just her pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. and it ranged from the Gap Band to, you know, Prince, Michael Jackson, and then sometimes she would play like quiet, new age, peaceful music, Mm -hmm. and so her range as a listener. Kind of matched my dad's range as an artist, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That he has the funky "Use Me," Harlem, who is he, and what is he to you, and then just the most gorgeous ballads that you just cry just listening to the writing and his voice and the, like a deep sincerity. She, they, they had that in common, and they. they I don't think they even realized it.
0: But. One of the longest marriages yeah. for people who live in California. Who retired or not are are very much at the center of the music industry. Um, that also was very inspiring to me. Yeah, that they to just me as seemed well. like I just real got partners. In June. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Is he uh, an artist as well?
4: I consider him an artist. He does not consider himself one. He takes ex- amazing photos. Uh uh-huh. Husband, he loves taking pictures, but not a musician. But he's he's in finance.
0: That's another kind of art. <laughs> I need to learn the art of finance. That would yeah. be great.
4: No, it really is. Wow. It's, it's very similar. Um, but we went to college together, and when we were in college, he used to DJ. So okay. So we do have a lot in common. But, um, but yeah, my mom also had a pretty extensive record collection. Mm-hmm. Dad didn't really listen to a lot of other people's music, and when he did, it was very selective And he made it a point to make it a, you know, teaching moment. He would say to me, this is this. This is why we're listening to it. This is why it's working. Right. And he was very vocal about what he didn't like and what to stay away from. And he just had a very discerning ear. And my mom had, you know, the Eagles' Greatest Hits and all the Roberta Flack and the Aretha and the Supremes. My brother's a huge Motown fan. So we had vinyl. Yeah. We had vinyl. And I played vinyl in my bedroom as a little girl. We would put it on in the house, on the hi-fi, dance around. I mean, we just all love
0: music. So in the movie, your father has – I can't wait for people to see it because the way he sort of – he's he's a really eloquent person and he really – Thinks deeply and thoughtfully before speaking about things that, to me, seem very important to him, like his daughter. And I was thinking that, you know, it felt to me, I never heard you say in this movie, I want to be famous. I just heard you talk about, I want to write songs and make music and express myself. Do you want to be famous? Are you ambitious as well? Because he has a lot of feelings and thoughts about what it is to put yourself out there and, and compete on the world stage. Um, and, his, and his concern and love and protection of you. You see from moment one of this movie that he thinks you are gloriously talented and special. Mm-hmm. Like he's not in the back room going, I mean, she's my kid. I got to say she's good. Like you can see the respect. He weeps at certain points at the beauty of your music. Mm. So there is no doubt that Bill Withers thinks Corey Withers is a phenomenally magical unicorn when it comes to writing songs and singing songs Mm. of her own, right? Like, I'm saying that for you, but that's 100% true. On the other hand, he's like very kind of uh, thoughtful and concerned about the kind of, the part that is getting many, many people to listen to your work. And what that is. Is that what you wanted?
4: Um, I always saw his fame as a byproduct of being an artist. Mm -hmm. That made songs that were very accessible and universally accepted. And I knew that as a songwriter, that was his ethic Mm -hmm. to do that. But I felt that the fame came as a byproduct of it and he's always been incredibly supportive of me and I'm more grateful for this as a woman now in this day and age that he was always supportive of me as a writer as an intellect Mm. you know as a talent as a thinker from a very 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 young age he always spoke straight to me he just I could tell took a lot of care and pride in our Relationship. Yeah. And that made me feel incredibly special. I think at times I felt intimidated because I thought, how am I ever going to l- l- make good on this? He's such a wonderful teacher, a sage. I'm his only student. Mm-hmm. How am I going to mm-hmm. make this work? And, um, And I think that just kind of folds away when you do it, when you write, when you perform and sing and record because the passion for it and then the technical aspect of that it's difficult, that you have to focus, it takes a lot of practice and concentration. Those things are what you're thinking about. You can't be thinking about, you know, Bill Withers, are going to do. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, as an actor and that you have to be focused on you have to say and yeah. what you have to feel and be and, in the moment yeah and um and I still see it that way I think there are certain professions in the arts that if you um operate in certain commercial centers and you as you move forward to do things that a lot of people see mm-hmm. it becomes unavoidable to be famous mm-hmm. you know and there are certainly a lot of people in, uh, in the film world that I look up to and see as role models who are extremely famous, but what I like about them is that they want to act. They want to make films. And they can't help that if the you make a film all over it. the world, yeah. people will know what you look like and yeah. you can't take that back. If they could have it go away, I know most of them would absolutely take whatever pill or, mm-hmm. you know, the invisibility. whatever wand. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, your dad talks about that in the film. He said most people, he said he can walk down the street pretty easily without people knowing who he is. And sometimes when he tells people who he is, they don't believe him. He grew up before YouTube. I mean, we grew up in a way before YouTube and people were You know, images of everyone were out all the time, everywhere. He has always had, in certain circles, I mean, he's being modest in a way too, but in certain circles, your father could not ever walk into a room without people knowing who he is. I believe that on occasion, he might be able to walk down Fifth Avenue in New York City and go a few blocks without people going bananas. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, growing up at a time where just this, you know, the fame. The access to famous people and the Twitter and the Instagram and the nonstop was just lighter. It was a lighter load to carry um, if you wanted it to be. That's impossible now.
4: Yeah. I mean, mean,
0: Sia tried to wear like a wig. And like you have to go to crazy great lengths to kind of – and it still isn't secret anymore even with her doing that. So,
4: And I think some of that is by design. Uh, He's a very private person. A writer, an introvert, um, being you know a stutterer, there's a certain depth um, and thoughtfulness there mm-hmm. that that I don't want to say distances him from other people, but there's a, a he's extremely comfortable being alone, right? And um, comfortable with himself.
0: When so, you would bring friends home growing up, would they be scared of your dad? Not
4: at all, because my best friend, her dad uh was in the n b a he's mm-hmm. a retired basketball player, okay, and he was you know six eight, and they had jerseys and trophies all over the house and um can you say who it was? His name's Willie Knowles, uh-huh, he just passed last year, and um he played for the Celtics and the Knicks, and he you know was um depicted in a painting by Ernie Barnes and all these things and so we had that in common, mm-hmm. that our dads were these...
0: Bigger than life.
4: Um, and I don't want to say star, but, like, they were talented and we were proud of them.
0: And, but sometimes super quiet dads would scare me. Like, when I'd go over to someone's house, I'd be like, oh, he's really mad at me. Or, like, he doesn't like me. But he didn't exude that. He was super charming.
4: They were charming and loving. They had fun, you know... Um, it was California, so mm-hmm. you're hanging out by the pool, mm-hmm. just you know, being a little girl, yeah, and knowing that you were protected and cared for and nurtured, you
0: know. So you saw this movie. You said you saw it once. Um, you may not see it many times again. What was your takeaway?
4: Um, I think because I sat and watched it with Chris, yeah, there was something empowering about just saying, okay, it is difficult to watch yourself be vulnerable in this way and even to see yourself on a huge screen. And at the end of it, I, like, made him give me a high five, and I said, we did it. Mm-hmm. And that
0: Well, how were you approached to being it? What was the, like, the, the thesis statement of the movie that you went, okay, I'll do this?
4: Tamara told me that... They wanted to make a film on artists and their talent who had parents who were icons mm-hmm. and very well-known and, and about what the experience was like. And um, Ben and Sally had already agreed to be a part of it.
0: And you knew them already from being part of Sally's art installation.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, I had performed with them, and they had invited me into their homes, and I had, you know, a lot of gratitude and trust uh,
0: with them. So their saying yes in some ways gave you the confidence that if they're doing it, I I feel comfortable saying yes as well. Were they the first two signed on as far as you know or agreeing to do it?
4: I think so. And they're both, you know, incredibly discerning, um, intelligent, opinionated fully formed artists Mm -hmm. and not the same person. They're two different people. And I think they both, you know, feel comfortable with this. Neither one of them is looking for some platform to be seen. So um, hopefully that indicates that it's going to be about storytelling. Mm Um. And and I think in the back of my mind, I was thinking we'll probably get to play some music together. <laughs> yeah. If we do, if we have another artistic thing to do together, yeah. we'll get to sing together because that's really really
0: fun. But there isn't like a concert with all of you together.
4: We hope to have one. I mean, because
0: that seems like this is the band. Like to me, I was like, okay, if we could get Skip Marley, Chris Stills, Ben Taylor, Corey Withers, Sally Taylor, all on stage together. That would be extraordinary.
4: It's it's so incredible for me to perform with them mm-hmm. because they are all exceptionally talented. I haven't met Skip, but... Um, but
0: clearly, he's like...
4: Ben is yeah. sensitive. Um, I, oh, the last time we were performing, I was thinking about his dynamics. He has such a sensitivity, like a classical musician, yeah. of... Um, went to sing quietly, went to play quietly, went to sing louder. He he has a philosophical approach to writing, to being a man. You know, him as a being on this planet is, like, pretty cool. Mm. And the idea that anything, anything, anyone could upstage that yeah. seems absurd. Yeah. Because he is... A character. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, you.
1: What's up? I'm running my hey, wow. I'm Alana. Hi, Come Alana sit. Chris, I'm so sorry. I should have talked
4: about you first. Now I can't talk about how great you are because yeah. you're
0: here. Uh, but um, she did. I mean, you started to. It'll be weird. You yeah, started to. No, I'm just going
1: <laughs> to talk about you and how great you are. That's
0: um, This is now Chris, unless you're pretending to be Larry. But you're not.
1: no, I mean I could be. You could be. be (laughs) See? (laughs) (laughs) What would what would you be if you were Larry? Well, you know, I had a dog named Larry, it was my favorite dog. Is Is this a true
0: little known fact?
1: This is a true little known fact. Okay. It was actually my sister's dog. um, but we called him Larry Love, the doggy llama, because he was the most Zen dog you'd ever met. Wow. And you know you know what he died of? It was quite poetic. He died of an enlarged heart. Mm. Guys so true.
0: <laughs> so sweet. I love,
1: I duck, I duck. When I made my first record, I was at uh, uh, I was at Oceanway Studios in LA, and next door were the Rolling Stones, and he got to meet Keith Richards. And it was amazing because I walked in and I was being in, you know, I got to see, first of all, pre production for the Stones is basically Keith Richards and Charlie Watts in a room together, and that's really what happened.
0: No one else came.
1: And then the rest of the guys come later after they figure out the basics. Everything, it's yeah. awesome. So I'm watching those two guys. Those two legends really um, do their thing, and I'm tripping out, and then I watch them come into the room, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. I'm about to meet, like, this guy, Keith Richards. Mm. I'm, like, freaking out, and then I have Larry with me. Thank
0: God. Thank
1: God. No, 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 seriously, Larry.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Larry
1: is a lifesaver, my mm-hmm. manager and my dog, and and so he, he's it's a whole theme in my life, I like, Larry's to save me, but he comes in, and he's got his, you know, drink and his smoke, and he's like, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, right. He's like, hey, this is you know, this is Chris Stills. And I'm like, Hello, nice to meet you. I mean, I'm not really You're a total
0: talking, nerd. I'm yeah. A nerd
1: like, brruh, brruh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then,
0: uh, Maybe English, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I don't Hard know, to say. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know.
1: You know, like I don't yeah. know. And uh yeah, you really don't know what comes out of your mouth in these situations. No. And that's silly. But uh but I shake his hand and uh, and I'm just you know, I'm still tripping out over the fact that I've watched him just fix his amplifier and change his sound and we're like <sighs> Oh my God! Like that's what he does too. He does it yeah. too. It's, like it's the, it's the same thing. He, he touches the same yes. knob. And yeah. Then, and, then, uh, and, and then, and then, and then, I'm like, I, I go, yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. And then there's this, you know, the awkward pause. And then it's just. Uh, and then I'm like, this is Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry, God bless him, the Zen doggy llama that he is just looks up at Keith, and he just lies down and does the rollover with him. He, like, just exposes his belly to him immediately. And I don't know whether Keith Richards has this effect on dogs the way he does humans. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. I yeah. to roll over a little Have him rub your teeth, will you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so with his skull, so with, skull, yeah, skull yeah, ring. with his skull rings yes. and everything. Yes. Yeah, please, please. Um, Anyway, don't take that in the weird way. But uh, uh, and then and then and Keith leans down and he starts petting him. Obviously, like sure, he's a normal human. He's game. a human. That's what you do to dogs when they roll over. You pet them on the belly. Yes. And so I'm just tripping out that Keith Richards is now petting my dog and they're having this love affair in front of me. And uh, and then Keith turns up to me and he says, he says, I know this position quite well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like, do you want my dog? You can have uh, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway,
1: so that's my... Hi, guys. Oh, hi. We're
0: done. I don't think we need anything else. That was great.
1: Apparently, all the trains in New York don't run, like, exactly all the time, and I'd sit there and wait for the D train, so...
0: Um, Governor Cuomo, if you're listening, (laughs) Mr. Stills would like to speak to you. Um, Well, we we had... Corey and I have had, like, a lovely conversation um, where I feel like... I'll just bring you up to speed a little bit. Okay, I think she's extraordinarily talented. Uh, I do, too. I think her dad seems like the sweetest human on the planet. I think so, too. I think her parents feel like every person who comes in this booth is really an excuse for me as a parent. If they're amazing people, I just want to ask them 1,000 questions about how they were parented because I feel like I just want to steal whatever Bill and Marcia... Yeah. Withers did. Like, I want Alana and Dominic to be able to do that for my children. But one of the very first things Corey said about you, and we will talk about, like, the magical talent that is yours as well. She's like, he's a great parent. Like that was the first thing she said about you when we were kind of waiting for you because you were very very late and we were just chit chatting. Typical Um, parent. Exactly. No, no. No, I got the sense that you would not be late to pick up your daughters. No,
1: no, but I have. Oh, I. have.
0: Well, I mean, we're human, just like Keith Richards.
1: Five minutes. Five minutes (laughs) minutes or five hours.
0: No, but I was like, so just so you know, I thought that was really interesting that one of the very aside from your talent is a singer songwriter globally beloved that you're a great dad and you should know that
1: i love it so it's one of my favorite things to be to do if anybody's thinking about having kids, I highly recommend it. It's just one of the greatest accomplishments. It's like I could I could write a, not that I have written a single one, but if I have written, <laughs> I could have written a fifteen million hit songs, and still my children would right. be my greatest creation.
0: Well, we were also talking about part of this great documentary that I had a chance to see um, before some other people which made me feel very special because I was going to have you guys in here today, is a lot of the film not only kind of shows what it is to be an artist and what it is to have the passion and the laser focus on wanting to do something, but how, especially in the case of this film, different parenting styles occurred uh, as, as fame occurred simultaneously um, to parenting. And that in your case from what I saw in the movie, you were kind of taken on the road. And like we're going to just take Chris with us and we'll put him in our pockets or he'll run around stadium after stadium. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> are you, you
1: are. Well, uh, yeah. Are well, you? I, I Are you okay? I don't know. You could ask many people this question, they would answer it much better than me, but uh, <clears throat> but I feel okay. I feel yeah. okay. You know, I, um, it was it was it was, you know, what is your question in the end? Am I fine? Is that, <laughs> that? I, feel, I feel good. Maybe it's
0: more a statement. It seemed like you, um, you had to figure out how to be a kid in a very adult world as opposed to adults kind of creating a world for a kid mm. and that in spite of that or because of that, um, you learned how to be a very independent person but the thing that – made me cry is the part of the movie where you go to stay with your grandparents mm. and how at the end of the day, like, I mean full-on crying the way you talked about them and what that was for you.
1: Well, first of all, I need to correct you on one bit of your, okay. of your synopsis. All of it. it. was never an adult world. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rock and roll world. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. More, it was just a very, it was an adolescent really, mm. uh, uh, theme to the whole thing. I mean, it was... It was fun. It was rock and roll. I don't think you can call that adult. I, I
0: mean, think that's fair. Yeah, Thank you.
1: I, I, but 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 not in a bad way. You know, I, I, I think uh, there was a, I, you know, I think we, you know, for me coming up on the road, I, I just got to watch a lot of, a lot of, you know, there was like an hour of magic and then a lot of, you know, get moving around and and, mm. uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, um, to get back to uh to, uh, to 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 your thing about the my grandparents yeah I, I, at one point I did go live with my grandparents and they sort of were the first stable uh, most stable thing like my grandparents my grandmother would wake me up every day for breakfast in the morning and for for school and, right and for the first like you know couple of months or whatever it was uh, like I just every morning I I would hear her in the apartment like coming through making breakfast you know getting everything ready for me. And, uh, and and my, my thought was always the same in amazement. I was just like, oh, "There she is again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's amazing. So I she's mean, still making me she breakfast. Just, uh, she hasn't it, forgotten. Well, it was the, it was there was a constant all of a sudden. There yeah, was a, there was a safe thing and, and and you know, my parents were always like, "Oh, gotta go oh, later, I'm gone and my dad would disappear for a while and you know. You know, would get a little bit more notice from mom, but but uh, but but it was uh, there was that constant thing where I I knew that they weren't going anywhere,
4: mm. and, and, and then
1: they you know they also came from a very different world, and they were they were prim and proper. My grandfather was a diplomat, and 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 uh, you know he co-wrote the UN Charter, and was like you know it was at the National Assembly in France, and was mayor of the 13th arrondissement, and. You know he uh, and my grandmother was his wife. Like uh, you know, she was a, a legal clerk, and and she was just like super smart. And they were resistance in World War II, and they'd seen.
0: I read that way that's how they them. met. Is that true? Yeah, they met they through met, the French resistance.
1: Well, they they something <clears> the <throat> story, and I'm gonna paraphrase here, but the, the story is that, that that there was a there was a blind date, and and, and one one guy couldn't make it, and he says. Uh, and he says, "Hey," and it was really quick, uh, you know. Apparently, they were on the subway, and and <clears throat> they were meeting these these people. And my friend, uh, my grand my grandfather's friend said, "Oh, by the way, this guy can't make it on this double date. Do you want to fill in for him and come on?" And that's when my grandmother got off the subway, and. It, she said, well, who is it? And he says, well, is that one there? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll go on the date.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. And all these years later. And all these, uh, no, and all these breakfasts later. And all these breakfasts later. Here we later. are. Yeah. Well, Corey, do you need to go or can you stay?
4: I can stay. For, what, what is it's it? 1134
0: and we're here till 12. Oh, okay, yeah, I can stay. Yay! Okay. All yes. right. Yeah. So I want to sort of just do a very quick um, just to bring everyone up to speed so Chris who has many albums uh, the latest one is called Don't Be Afraid um, plays all over the world um is the son of Stephen Stills, who was in a band called Buffalo Springfield, and Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. And his mom is, you know, to my international audience, this will not be a strange name. To Americans, you may not know her as well, but her name is Veronique Sasson.
1: Sanson.
0: Sanson. Yeah. Um, I practiced all morning and I still <laughs> screwed it up. <laughs> no, Can you say good. her name properly? No,
1: it's Veronique Sanson.
0: Who is one of the most world-famous, award-winning singer-songwriter. So although it's not like saying, you know, Lady Gaga to us right now, it is for some people. So just to kind of explain the um, the kind of hugeness that both of his parents have um, created in the world when they play music for people, how excited they get, and that is the world that Chris grew up in. So it's very international uh, because obviously – the French side of things brings a whole other kind of, I don't know, class and elegance to the story, I would say. Is there a difference between a, a French star and an American star at that time in the way you can understand it?
1: Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I, 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 think, I, I think so really about fame and, and, and how you deal it in one one country versus another. No, I think, you know, uh, well, you know, the, I, I'll I'll just keep it to my folks. But but uh, but you know, I've come up and seen some other people. I mean, fame is sort of dealt with. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's the same thing. It's gigging in France and gigging in America, whether you're at Madison Square Garden or Bercy, or you know, it's just it's the same exact thing. It's just it, there's nothing really different about it. There's you know, you can whittle it down to how the Americans do business and how they how they look at things and how they approach things. And there's, like, an American flair of, like, yeah. yes, anything's possible. Yeah, hey, we want to do this. It's like, yeah, all right, let's see how we can do that. Yeah. France is more like, hey, we want to do this. And then the French are like, no, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so.
0: Also, it is 3 o'clock and we are <laughs> closed. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay, uh, <Sunday> and uh, <laughs> are my kids and, uh, vacation. Yeah. <laughs> for all,
0: not just this summer for, like, most...
1: Yeah. Six months, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I love but, that. But no, no, no. But the, the, you know, fans and music. I mean, it's. I, I think they, 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 they do quite the same. My mom, my mom is a very. Uh, she's a, she's a very warm and loving, uh, open and uh, you know, hard on the hard on her sleeve. Uh, you know, tells it like it is. You know. Um, you know, she's just super cute, and then. You know, this she's tiny and 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 but but on stage she's a beast. You know, and she just does. The, she'll just kind of blow your head off, like it's just like wow. And I've I've had you know guitar players and musicians come with me, and I've opened up for the road, and I'm like, oh, you know, wait till you see mom. And they're like, eh. you know, I've met your mom earlier, and she seems so cute. I'm like, yeah, this show will be like <laughs> kind of boring and interesting, and like. Cute right and then they go on stage and they look at her and i just watch them with these big eyes like and they just look back at me like oh my <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this power up. that's and so then, cool and you know and my, my my dad is you know he's 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 a bit more he he went through a whole different kind of thing buffalo springfield you know number one record in the world in 70 or whatever it was with the stevens you know he he got a lot of you know there was a lot of crazy fans back then i think he got he got he got a little scared so he's like a little tripped out by some people and he had to he's a bit more guarded Mm -hmm. as far as uh, you know people and and then but you know he's a wonderful human being as well and you know you gotta kinda get through a layer of of hello how are you uh, before but you know mom's a bit more open but then you know it's really it breaks down to the human in them yeah they're both they're both really beautiful human beings and and it makes sense to me when I look back uh, like why they fell in love and what was going on and they lived through their music. They really did, you know. They, and and it was at a time, you know, business-wise, if you could if you could wrap that up, it, is when really everything was done for the artist to develop, and, and a lot was given, and a lot of priority was 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 given to you know, like my dad had a permanent PO number with Atlantic Records. It means he had a card or a number, and he'd show up to any studio in the world wherever he was, and he'd be like, Atlantic Records is paying for it, and. Um
0: and you I know, can that, use this studio, and I can... That
1: just doesn't exist anymore. Uh-huh. I mean, granted, he had a hit record, and that does, but, but uh, you know, I, it, for, for, for... But that kind of cute, community but, and appreciation. Well, it was, it was, there was a lot more uh, given to 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 the development of an artist when when Aretha Franklin would go make another record. You know, the record label was like, all right, do you want to go to the mountains to write the record? Do you want to see some, you know, uh, you know, do you want to go see some cows? And see yeah. The What's the topography what that, What's that will make you survive, happy? Like, yeah. Well, oh, you want a beach in, in you know... Uh, yeah, bahamas like what do you want let's help you make this record and 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 me growing up and i think us growing up it's like well you're on your own like where's the hit so we can throw it up on the wall like spaghetti and spaghetti right sticks and, you go uh, make it so they, they so so their their art was nurtured and they they really got to live this thing and and they really my mom always had a saying is like follow your music where it takes you and and she really lived by that you know the, the and and then uh, and, and so you know they did have. They were very. They're very famous in their own right. My mom is probably, you know, even today more more famous than my father here. You know, today, you know, she's still making huge records and going and playing in front of huge, 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 huge audiences and the, you know as big as you can get over there and. Um,
0: in Europe. You know, in Europe. Yeah. yeah
1: in France, mainly in and Canada. And yeah. Stuff like that, but uh, and then my dad's still working too. You know, and they're 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 great. They're you know, and I I don't know I I you know. You love them, and you, you. There's, there's some messed up things that happened, and you know. But we're all just human beings, and everybody makes mistakes. and You gotta let it go. You know?
0: Is it? So there you have it. That's the takeaway. Everyone makes mistakes, and you gotta let it go. Yeah.
1: yeah or, if you want, if you want to lead a happy life. Yeah. You, you just, can't hold you know, on to that. Yeah. You, you can have a grudge your whole life. But what's that gonna get you? you know?
0: Is it true that your dad played on Corey's dad's? Yes. Record. Yeah. Because uh, I read that he played on "Ain't No Sunshine" and "Grandma's Hands."
1: I don't know that he played on "Grandma's Hands." No. No, it's just "Ain't No Sunshine." I don't know. We'll have to get back to you on that. On That's in an, and then one here of my you are. Favorite songs in the world. I know it's called. Is funny.
0: "Ain't No Sunshine"?
1: I got to play "Grandma's Hands." I played "Grandma's Hands" for my grandmother Aww. at Bercy, which is seventeen thousand people in, in Paris, opening up for this guy Eddie Mitchell, Aww. and like I was obsessed. My grandma, she was old and mm-hmm. she was like i was like this the like, and it was not it was like i had to do it i love that song so much and it's like you don't understand like i'm the opening artist for this huge artist that like during my set everybody his name was eddie eddie mitchell and yeah everybody in the audience during my set was just during the middle of the song I was like eddie <laughs> like, I was just like oh that I feels could, great and i was just like but i gotta say nobody yelled when i played your dad's song wow i played that for my grandmother was sitting in. I couldn't even see her, but but I kind of saw the section because it's that big, but I'll never forget that. That was like a thing for me. That was awesome. Wow. that's (laughs)
4: been tough not to cry. (laughs) All those breakfasts.
0: Right? You know. Right? Well, I mean, there are really poignant moments throughout this film. I mean, first of all, we get to just see, and I was saying to Corey, like, what beautiful artists you both are, and how singular your voice is, and how original your style is, and that other than the name... You're completely you, and you've developed just such a beautiful, beautiful repertoire of of music that you've made. Um, but, you know, I would say there's your grandmother and grandfather moment. There's her dad sort of. You just see the crazy love and respect he has for his daughter. And then there's Carly Simon saying, James Taylor won't be a part of this movie you'll see because I'm in it. Right. Like there are all these takeaways that you learn about characters and stories in this in this film and, and family stories that are very subtle and beautiful and painful. Um, but what really comes across to me, we were talking about this before, like I'm repeating myself just because you weren't in the room. But it's funny to me that every other kind of business people, all they want is for their kid to take over the family business. Mm. Right. Like, please be an accountant please take over whatever the family insurance company is. We want it to be stills, stills, and stills. And yet in this film, over and over again, you see like this very strange push-pull parents who are incredibly supportive of their children's undeniable talent. And then this kind of like, cautionary taleness of it all too. I just found it really interesting to watch. And what I was really worried about and did not happen at all in the movie is like, wow, poor us, our parents are really famous. And it's like there wasn't one moment of that. There was none of this kind of self pity or it's really hard to be the the child of really famous people in terms of understanding the world and reality of what other people consider really hard. I felt like it humanized the story, and there wasn't one moment of that with me feeling like there was anyone asking for anything except just, we're making our music, this happens to be our family, and these are our own personal hurdles because of that. Um, You're so funny, by the way. The other unexpected is just, you're so funny, and, and I wondered what it is to have cameras following you around. Like, we see you packing up your car. We see you in your house. We see a home that's filled with kid stuff also. So clearly, you're a parent who is a real parent. Um, what it, was it like to have for both of you, I'm asking, cameras following you around in the studio or in your daily life?
4: Um, well, I had done a documentary before. Mm-hmm. so
0: Still Bill. Yes. yep, Which I loved
4: yeah, so that part I was familiar with, and I was astounded in watching, you know, Ben and Sally and Chris just the like the courage and bravery to really speak their truth. I know them, you know, you and saw
0: them as you know I them saw in them the movie,
4: being them their straight up selves Sweet. and saying their absolute truth. And you know, Dad and I are. introverts much more, I think. And I don't know that you would walk away from the film knowing me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I'm just not that easy to get to know.
0: I certainly felt like I came away from the film knowing the love that you and your family share and the respect for music. The respect for this art form that is making music.
4: And he's the same way. He's not he's an onion and yeah, not, no one's getting back there. Either. Yeah. So, um, mm. and I, so I feel like we kind of left with as much of our walls as we like to maintain, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and I was, I was astounded and encouraged by how, how um, vulnerable Carly and Sally and Ben were. And to me, that speaks to why they're such gifted writers. Mm. You know, like that's not an accident that, you you do have to live that to be able to speak that way and to be able to write that way you know but as far as fame goes like my experience is that fame is very superficial it's this sense of seeing someone and feeling that you know them because you've seen them in some kind of medium and you absolutely don't know them at all and it's also very dehumanizing you know when i was a kid mm-hmm. my dad was a recluse and didn't want anything to do with being seen. He said Mm. no to everything that came his way. Right. And he wasn't looking for a camera or anything like that. So it didn't feel like he was famous until he started winning awards. When he got older, they started giving you awards. Yep. You're inducted into all sorts of places. Yeah. He likes making speeches, so he's like, yeah, I'll take this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You want to go see me get an award? And it became fun, like – a part of how our our family vacations were him going and getting awards, right? Um, and the 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 rabid uh, like I don't want to say lust, like the hunger that people have for someone that they have that fame relationship to is it can be scary, yeah. You know, and and there's a protective instinct that comes out for me and my mom, you know, two ladies about your to dad, protect him. Yeah. yeah, because people grab at you. They'll pull oh, yeah, the no, back of your head, your hair, your body. They just want a piece of you. It is. I just went and saw a zombie land, you know, double tap. And it reminded me of that, how people have like they're just possessed and they see nothing else. And they don't see
1: right. a, a human 75
4: a year old man. And, and I'm sorry,
1: but that's scary. Yeah. That's scary.
0: That can be scary. Well, the thing that's interesting about songs versus other art forms is that what happens is is they think Chris knows me because his song is exactly how I feel, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm listening to Chris or I see Chris or I hear Chris, not me Alana, but I'm thinking in terms of the fan's mind, who doesn't have access or an understanding of of what you're talking about, you're like, oh no, he knows me. He has to know me because he just wrote a song that completely expresses how I think and feel. I think he read my journal. So I think people get so confused because they think you know them personally because you've created a piece of art that speaks to them so deeply. And so it's just an interesting thing.
4: I think it's an involuntary physiological yeah. response. Yeah. Like
0: there's, there's. I just
4: went and saw um, Robert Glasper at the Blue Note last week. And. Um, he pulled his Q-Q hair. Q-tip showed up. <laughs> right. And I was that zombie. Yeah. I just like, where is he? Why, you know, can I just look at him? I have to tell him. Yeah. So, you know, you just, you want to tell them everything that you've ever felt. Right. You've heard their stuff. Yes. And right. Because you you're like, overcome. yes,
0: it's really, but it, it is scary because it, it crosses a line that you're describing. Um, but I think people's intention is just to get close to the thing that saved them right like during a really hard time that song that person saved them
1: I had I had, I had that one time I did, I did my first record it was the first time that happened to me Yeah, like, my first record I wrote a song called Trouble and you know one day the trouble is falling on you but one day trouble will make you strong you know uh, something about the paths you choose you know don't worry baby it won't be long or something like that yeah and like, I got a letter or an email or something. I don't know, the, the medium of communication. When it Back
0: was, 19, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Just, <laughs> Back that, in hey, the thirties, hey, yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, no, but this woman
1: wrote me and she said, I just want to thank you because your song inspired me to leave my husband who was beating me.
0: Right? Mm. So that must like, feel like...
1: And, that, and, and that's like, it, I, you know, there's a thing where,
2: like, yeah, people... People are affected by music.
1: Mm-hmm. Music is like it's the soundtrack to life. I mean, it's, it goes with so much, you know, it's it's such an it's in the grand scheme of humanity. Music is such a cornerstone of it. You know, it's like it, 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 it connects absolutely everyone, yep. you know, whether you're Swahili, whether you're Eskimo whether you're, you know, South Brooklyn, America, yeah, Brooklyn, you know, whatever, <laughs> like These me, closed, closed whatever doors, it is, yo, yeah. You know, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, yeah it's just that it it's, it's transcends all borders, you know, and it opens doors and and uh, and that's an amazing thing. And there's there's when when you accomplish that with a song that you've written, I think it, it's the greatest thing, you know. Um, there's a, you know, and I think. What Corey was touching upon about the vulnerability side of things is what I've noticed is that is that the more vulnerable you are, and the more honest you get, it's like I have the song "Daddy's Little Girl." It's about my kids, and when I wrote it, I was crying like a baby, like I was literally crying, like I was like, like I couldn't, I could barely get it out, but I wrote it, and like it was one of those ones you write and then they're done. Like you sing it twice and you're, you're done. Like there it is, all the thing, and it's like well, that's magic,
0: magic when that happens. Yeah.
1: I love it. It's happened like a handful of times yeah. in my life, but not. otherwise it's it's work. But, yeah. Uh, but 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 people cry, and, and it's just like every time I play that song, and I think that that level, like the deeper you go in your writing and the more vulnerable you are, you're gonna touch that in somebody else. Yeah. I mean, the more the more certitude you have in accomplishing that, and then I think. Uh, you know, that's one of the fun parts about writing songs. I think it's, it's interesting. It's. Yeah.
0: I love the film. I love getting to see your story. Um, what a great thing for you to have forever, just on celluloid. This this kind of moment in time for you guys, and and this um, really inspirational movie that the rest of us get to see.
1: And to me, it's a funny movie.
0: It and is. That's, that's what I was hilarious. saying. There's yeah. so much.
1: There's some laugh out loud. Yeah stuff in there, man, and I was just, and, like, your dad, my dad. It's dad, so good. Mom, like, all of it, yeah. it is funny, like, it's just, because you can't make this up, like, yeah. it's, like, I just remember saying, like, and then, and then, because I knew my parts, like, and then, but when I was son, like, there's so, there's so many similarities, and yet we're in different worlds, like, it's, it's, it's so awesome. Right? Yes. Well, Great it's
0: book. called Born Into the Gig, it'll end up being everywhere you watch stuff. Um, Corey Withers and Crystal's, thank you for being on Little Known Facts. You're both extraordinary humans. I feel so lucky that you're here today. Until next time. Thank All you. Alright, you're welcome. Clouds oh. can make the wind So if you love the show, please donate. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 2.0 Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that all of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one Uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content. Documentaries and films and all sorts of Incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it, and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So, to that end, uh, to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. Enjoy, and I hope you like it. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City.
2: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site wide during their Mother's Day sale.